welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 21st of September 2014 and the Bible reading is taken from Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. Here's missionary Francis Cosgrave. But all things truly are possible with God and, when not, but no, and nothing is impossible with God. What's impossible with, with, with man is possible with God. That is for sure, I know for sure. If you follow God to the ends of the earth, he will, he will bring you. He will carry you. He'll be with you to the very end. You will not know the answers. He will just instruct you to take one more step. And he'll open up the ways before you and carry you across to the other side. I know that to be true personally many times. In our time of being missionaries, I've had four major accidents since 2008, and I'm still standing. I'm restored, man, completely. In fact, I was more than restored. I was brought back to greater health than I was previously. And that's God. Amen. So do not fear what men will do to you. Do not fear to go. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. Amen. Um, so, um, you are very, very important in the Great Commission. You've chosen to be part of that. You know, God said, Jesus said to his disciples before he sent them to heaven, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. No. You are going into all the world. You are sending others to go on your behalf. You're very much part of the Great Commission. And you're very much there with us. There are times when we feel like we really need prayer. And that's when, that's when you come in. That's the most important thing of all, is prayer. Support can be dropped, and prayer will carry us through. You know, that's the most important thing of all, prayer. You know, and the prayer meeting. When we go back to the Philippines, we're going to start a, a really good prayer meeting. Because that's what's needed, ever more, more than anything else. So, um, and we thank you for your prayers. Because they are testament to that fact. Amen. Um, I appreciate uh, some of the songs you sang this morning. Appreciate very, very much. Set my soul on fire, Lord. I don't actually know the words to my heart. But set my soul on fire, Lord. Set my soul on fire. <laughs> That's the part I remember. Amen. If you're here today and your heart is not on fire, let that be our prayer. Let it be that before we leave today, that our soul will be on fire. If you're here today and your soul is not on fire, well, then why is your soul not on fire? Why not? You know, set my soul on fire, Lord, set my soul on fire. You know, um, we have, you are surrounded in a community full of Muslims. Their, their heart 
your soul, your mind, your all being is set on fire for a false religion, a false endeavor to win this nation to Islam. They are fully committed to their task and they will give their life gladly for that endeavor because of a false lie and promise. How much more should our soul be on fire for God, knowing that we stand for the truth, knowing that we have the eternal word of God that shall never pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. How much more should we be on fire to win Birmingham and the world to Christ? Because that is the aspiration and endeavor of Islam to do that. If we give, if we give them an inch, they will take it all. All. They will take our daughters, our sons, our mothers, our fathers. They will take our inheritance. And they will take it beyond the gates of hell. They will take us. They will take this nation to hell. They are taking this nation to hell. They're taking the world to hell. But never fear what men will do to us. We have the eternal word of God. We have the, which has the power to save. You know, has the power. They have no power in their false scripture and their promises. But we, we have the power and the promise right here. We have everything we need. We have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling in our hearts our minds to lead us and to comfort us. The comforter has come. The comforter has come. Amen? He's come. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. He has not left us comfortless. We have everything we need and more. Beyond more. You know? And um, everything. Praise the Lord. This church I know is everything it needs. Amen. The greatest light in this community is this church. Probably one of the greatest lights in all of Birmingham. Amen. So that's not in my notes, but from the heart. Amen. And um, I'm going to sing a song. I don't normally sing songs, but I will today. I'll try anyway. And. Um, uh, no, this from a part of the hymn book. Tuner. Okay. I'm going to sing a song. It's called, you probably well know it. It's called uh, Throw Out the Lifeline. Throw Out the Lifeline. Thank you very much. I'm not sure, is this working or will this one here? It's okay, no problem. Throw Out the Lifeline. No, Lisa would sing this, but her voice is not very, is struggling this morning. So we'll save her for the kids' song. Amen. Throw out the lifeline across the dark wave. There is a brother whom someone should save. Somebody's brother who then will dare to throw out the lifeline his peril to share. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is drifting away. 
throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Someone is sinking today. Throw out the lifeline with hand quick and strong. Why do you tarry, why linger so long? See is sinking, oh hasten today. And out with the lifeboat, away then away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Someone is drifting away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Someone is sinking today. Soon will the season of rescue be o'er. Soon will they drift to eternity's shore. Haste then, my brother, no time for delay. But throw out the lifeline and save them today. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Someone is drifting away. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline. Someone is sinking today. Do you know the course? Do you know the course altogether? As they say in the, as they say in the Badger Church, come on, all together. Let's do it. Throw out the lifeline. No, no, sorry. No, sorry. Throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline. Someone is drifting away. Throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline. Someone is sinking today. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And we are, I'm not here to preach a huge day. And if I come across that way, I, I repent. I'm here to preach it myself. Okay? And um, don't please don't feel that I'm in any way judgmental in, in anything that I say today. I'm not. I'm humbled by you and your faith. And um, anything that we share today is very much directed at myself, first and foremost. And um, praise the Lord. But we are all striving. We're not satisfied as where we are right now. We know that we've got a long way to go, you know? And before we sleep, or we don't know, it might not, may, may not be so long ago, it might be tomorrow, it might be today. It might be that the Lord will come soon and take us all, you know? I'm just saying this to Norlisa last night, I said to Norlisa, you know what? Surely time is near, the time is soon. The Lord's coming back. How can it get much worse than this when we see what's going on in the world? Surely the Lord is coming back soon. You know? I don't know. Jesus said, no man knows the day of the hour but my father only. Um, but it just seems like how could it be much longer? I would not predict when. But we would, you would think that we are to take note of the of the, of, the, of the signs of the season. Aren't we, Pastor? 
and we are to take note of the signs or, or, or the things that are happening around us and, and let that be a schoolmaster in urging us to the work and to our call in serving God in our place because the time, it might be our last day, it might be our last, we don't know. So we need to be about the work. Every minute, every moment counts for Christ. Every soul is worth more than all the stars in heaven or all the riches of this world combined. Um, can we just draw your attention this morning also to our display table that Anthony and Junior so ably put together first at the back and uh, everywhere we go everybody asks us the question um, you know when's Neil coming over or, you know and so uh, we have a visa update at the back which I wrote and um, it includes a short letter short note that I wrote to uh, the Irish immigration and um, asking of, of a prediction when we could expect her to get the visa and then it includes their answer there also and then if you read Irish there's Irish at the bottom as well amen <laughs> probably not but just in case amen all right there you go there's two copies you're welcome to take the copies if you wish I'll reserve this last one I'll bring this with me to show the next church today and um so there you are. Uh, you probably might wonder why that strange, horrible-looking black box is, is the back. Um, the black box. <laughs> uh, it's not from the 747 that disappeared, Malaysian Airlines or like that. Um, it's, uh, it's to do about our, about our rebuilding our church. And um, we're, it's a long story, but um, anything you put in that goes towards that endeavor. But don't feel compelled to put anything in. You don't have to do anything. It's optional. Just let you know what's there for. Okay? So uh, let's uh, proceed. Um, let me think. How about we have the kids sing a song? They were going to sing, I understand they were, they were practicing for the first time yesterday, constantly abiding. Amen. So. Hope to them. There's a peace in my heart that the world never gave. A peace it cannot take away. Though the trials of life may surround to sing <laughs> 
Troubles all fled away, and my night turned to day. Blessed Jesus, how glorious Thou art! Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine. Constantly abiding. This treasure I have in a temple of clay, while here on his footstool I roam. But he's coming to take me some glorious day over there to my heavenly. Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine. Constantly abiding, rapture divine. He never leaves me lonely. Whispers oh so You can understand why the devil would want to trip Norlisa up every Sunday morning and giving her a sore throat. He doesn't want her to be heard singing the constantly abiding presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And he doesn't want you to hear it. He doesn't want your spirit to be lifted and encouraged. But the devil has failed again. Amen. And we rejoice in his destruction that he is going to a lake of fire which burns with fire and brimstone. And that is something that I constantly remind the devil of. Every time he comes knocking on my door, I say, Devil, go away. I rejoice in your destruction that you're going to burn the lake of fire which. Burn it with fire and brimstone. For the worm died not, and the fire is not quenched. The lake of fire was prepared not for men, but for the devil and his angels. And he, he scarpers every time I remind him of that. Sometimes he's, he might send me a scary dream. And in my dream, I answer him back with those words. And he goes, he scarpers like a scaredy cat that he is. All right? Amen. Thank you, Norlisa. Thank you, kids. Real blessing. And um, that's the first time they've done that ever, okay? So you are the first church ever to hear them sing together like that. Okay? There you go. Isn't God good?
Let's turn in our Bibles this morning then to uh, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Uh, the uh, video you just saw there is not our update. It's not our update. And we would ask you to pray for that, that we are working on at the moment. We're looking, working on some kind of an update at the moment, video update. And we would greatly treasure and covet your prayers for that. And pray for Andy Prendergast. He's from Lewisham, London. He's not saved, but he is, be, he is greatly challenged. You know, greatly challenged. Uh, I know that. He was a professing atheist, but he's not a professing atheist now, I tell you. Amen. Pray for his salvation. I, I believe perhaps it draws nigh. Okay? Pray for his salvation. Andy Prendergast. Amen. Um, okay. Let's go on, continue on here. Luke chapter 5. Um, I have no idea what time it is. Oh, there's a clock right in front of me. No excuses. You finish at 11, 12. You finish at 1.30, right? <laughs> is that right? If, no, it finishes at uh, 1 p.m., right? Is that right? <laughs> 25 minutes. Okay. Is that 25 minutes, is it? Okay. Anyway. Praise the Lord. Thank you. He's open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God. There we go. Um, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God, we want to thank you so much for your constant abiding presence, oh, Lord, with us. You have never leave us nor forsake us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We thank you, oh, Lord, for your presence there by the lake. Your very presence here, Lord Jesus. You were there personally. You stood there by the lake. And the people, Lord, pressed to hear the word of God. We thank you, O oh dear Lord Jesus, for your presence there amongst them. And they saw your glory. They saw maybe not your full glory, no. But they heard you preach the word of God, and they endeavored to get closer to you, dear Lord. They endeavored to hear, O oh Lord, hear the great and wondrous things of God. And no doubt they gathered in great anticipation of something great and mighty which was about to happen. Because we know wherever you are, Lord, great things happen. You are in our hearts, you are in our lives, O oh Father. So surely great things are going to happen. We can expect great things in our lives because Jesus abides there forevermore and shall never leave us. Oh, dear Lord. Oh. May we be truly sold out to God. May we truly be set on fire, O oh Lord. But then we know surely, definitely, without doubt, there will be great and mighty things done in our hearts and lives, and in this community. Oh, dear Father God, I pray this for myself as, as much as everybody else. Oh, Father God, we thank you so much. Glory to your name. Glory, honor, and praise be to thy holy name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11, And it came to pass, as they, the people, pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret, he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would trust out a little from the land. He sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Simon answering says unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. 
And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and they filled both the ships, so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draw to the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. Five, we may not do it today. Five great needs of the gospel. Amen. We see here in verse one, first of all, first of all, we see the lake, the lake itself. The lake Genesaret, also known as the Lake of Galilee. Location, Lebanon is to the north, Syria is to the northeast, Jordan is to the south, Egypt to the southwest, Mediterranean Sea to the west. And then we see the setting, the lake, the beautiful setting, no doubt. Pastor Larry Curtis, have you been to Galilee before? No, sir. Me, so, me also, no, sir. You also? No, sir. Amen. But, so I cannot tell you the setting. I haven't, um, but we can imagine the setting, no doubt, a beautiful, beautiful lakeside setting of, of that place, Galilee. Um, multitudes, sorry, uh, we go to a place like Calwon Bay. What a beautiful setting that is. You go to visit my dad, which I came back originally to Ireland because of my dad. We made, I made a snap decision to come back when I got a phone call from my sister. And I heard for the first time that he'd been suffering from depression for about three years, and I didn't know so many things she told me on that conversation. I did not know. And I said to myself, I've got to go back. And I'm going to phone my dad now, tell him, promise him I'm going to come back. So I phoned him and I said, Dad, I'm coming back to see you. I said, very soon. You know? <laughs> so I was very soon, I was, I was back. But it meant that we were not able to process the visa for Anita first before we all came back together. It was not possible. Anyway. But anyway, if you were to go to see my father, you would come to the gates, you would come to the pillar outside, which says Talasa, which is a Greek word for sea. And that's exactly what you would see. You would see the setting of the sea. And you'd see this great expanse of sea below you, maybe 200 meters below you, on top of a hillside, Kalani hillside. And then you'd look out along the bay like this, swinging around like that. You would see the beach or the strand. I understand here you don't use the terminology strand. I only heard about this a few weeks ago. You, use, you call it the beach, the strand or the beach. Okay, the same thing. Can I call it the strand? I prefer that word. You'd see the, stra- the expanse of the strand. Above the strand, you would see over the far corner on the, on the banks of the sea, Brayhead, where our church is actually, in Brayhead. You'd see the Brayhead. They used to run up that, that hill. Used to hold, I actually still hold the record for up and down that mountain, a small hill, nothing much. But, and then you would come across, you'd see a small sugarloaf. And then you'd see 
the Great Sugarloaf in the center, beautiful, majestic peak. Looks a bit like Mount Mayan, a mini Mount Mayan. Mount Mayan is a volcano in, in the Philippines on the doorstep of Megati City, and which I've been to once with my wife. A beautiful, perfect cone shaped. Well, Sugarloaf is like a mini cone shape. <laughs> it's not a volcano, but it's, it's beautiful. That's the setting you would see. On a nice day, you might see thousands gathered along the beach. And that's the setting we see here. Thousands pressing to hear the word of God. Pressing against who? Pressing against Jesus to hear the word of God. Wanting to know, get, wanting to get close to Jesus. Wanting to touch him. Wanting to hear him. Because they know. That's where it all is, with Jesus. Nowhere else. They're in the right place. They're pressing against Jesus. He's there. All things are possible with him. Whether they believe it or not, he's right there. And they're in his presence. That's their aspiration. Right there, their aspiration. I pray it's all our aspiration. Let it be our aspiration, our aspiration of the multitude of people pressing to hear the word of God, people wishing to get close to Jesus, but they could neither hear nor see him. Because their own very aspiration was preventing them and everybody else from seeing and hearing him. In fact, Jesus was being smothered they were smothering their own opportunity of seeing and hearing Jesus by trying to get as close as possible, you know? Um, and uh, that was the predicament, if you might say. The problem was that. That was the problem. And the pressing need to hear the gospel, that's exactly what it is. And that's what it was then. And that's what it is now. The pressing need for the multitudes to hear the gospel the pressing need for Birmingham, all of Birmingham, the millions that are living here, I don't know how many, that need the gospel. The pressing need of Great Britain to hear the gospel. The pressing need to fill those old chapels up with preachers again and missionaries again, to revive those old works again. Amen. Like this one has been revived. Great revival that set this one off, I understand. pressing need to fill the gap again. To fill those old places again. In fact, that's the second point. We've already jumped to the second point. The pressing need for a better pulpit. And Jesus recognized that that day with those thousands pressing against him. The pressing need for a better pulpit so people could hear and see him. And the multitudes could have the opportunity to come to, to Christ. Amen. And so... First, he saw two ships standing by the lake, and the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships with Simon's, and he prayed him that he would trust out a little from the land. The pressing need for a better pulpit. Jesus saw, Jesus knew the need. He saw the answer. The answer was a better position so people could see him a bit further out from the land. Not too far, just far enough. They can all hear and see Jesus now. All things are now possible because Jesus is in the right place. 
the people are in the right place, all things are now possible in their lives. Nothing will be withheld from them if they will just react and respond in faith to his commands and to his words that he was about to teach them from the boat. Nothing is impossible to you today as you sit here at the feet of Jesus, not at my feet, but at Jesus' feet, because this is his divine word of God here. And this is all about Jesus, all about Jesus, what I know, all about Jesus to others show. All things are impossible now as it was that day. All things are every bit as impossible, every more impossible, ever so more. We have the eternal word of God at our fingertips here. We have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us. We have everything we need. We are sitting at the feet of Jesus as they were there that day. And a better puppet was potentially about to be supplied. Potentially was about to be supplied. He entered into one of the ships with Simon's. He chose Simon. He could have chosen any other ship to get into that day because the setting would have said that there were so many thousands or hundreds of ships along the shoreline, anchored out ashore, half, half, half on her side on the sand, embanked in the sand. He could have chosen almost any ship that day, but he chose Simon's. He could have chosen some fisherman already in his boat, ready to cast out to the deep. But no, he chose Simon, who was not in his boat, who was out mending his nets. He was out doing his worldly occupation. He was, out, he, was, he, was about, he was about doing his normal everyday life. Normal. He was not about doing spiritual things at that moment. He was about earning his living and doing his trade by mending his nets. He was out of his boat. And so Jesus, in order for this public to provide the opportunity for the thousands to hear Jesus, Peter was going to have to leave his earthly occupation. And he's going to have to reoccupy his time onto the ministry of Jesus Christ. Reoccupy his time. He was going to have to lay aside all earthly other matters and things and worries and concerns. Forget about them. Forget about the washing, the cooking, the dinner, the sports, the football, the premiership, whatever it is. Nothing can stand in the way of providing a better opportunity for the thousands to hear the word of God. Peter could have said, no, Lord, sorry, I cannot come because I, we've been fishing all night. We caught nothing. And now we need all the time we can to mend these nets and then get out there later on today and catch a fish, possibly catch something. We cannot afford it, Lord God. Sorry, I've got bills to pay. You know? And so Peter provided an opportunity, amen? He provided the opportunity. He got into the ship, and then they, they pushed out from the land, Jesus sat down and taught people out of the ship. I mentioned a few minutes ago about the, the need to reoccupy, to reoccupy this land again, to reoccupy those old places of worship or establish new places of worship. You know, it breaks my heart to drive. We drive through United Kingdom and we see old chapels which were once preached the word of God. Now they're offices or their homes or whatever they are. Are there even mosques? You know, we need to reoccupy. Occupy till I come. 
Amen. It's coming soon, perhaps. We don't know. Amen. We need better pulpits, better opportunities. Amen. Um, we'll, just go, we'll just go straight now to the third point. Um, let me see. I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be mannerly, and I'm gonna stick with the time allotted to me. And the Pastor has been extremely gracious in giving the time that he's given us. I, I want to say thank you, Pastor, for the time you've given us today. Verse three. We see the third point. Number one. The need, the need for the multitudes to hear the word of God, to hear the gospel. Number two, the need for a better pulpit. And number three, and when he, in verse four, and when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into deep and let down your nets for a draught. I keep on thinking it's my, my own kids talking. It's not, so I forgive them, no problem. Um, let me see, sorry, I'm on the wrong page. Yeah, the need to launch out the gospel. The need to launch out the gospel into deeper water. Amen. Into deeper water. We've seen the need of the multitudes here in the United Kingdom. And that's a massive need itself. Some churches think that if they are fulfilling the, their, their, the local gospel needs of their locality, some churches think they, they are already fulfilling the Great Commission. No, they are not, sir. No, they are not. That's not what Jesus said. That is not what he said to the disciples in his Great Commission verses in Mark and Matthew. He said to go you into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. This church is, I'm not preaching at this church at all. I'm not, this church is doing everything it can already. I know it is. It's already fulfilling the Great Commission. Um, but we not. But nevertheless, these things need to be. We need to be reminded of these things because this is still the Great Commission. Amen. This is still our. You know, we can. Yes, we should never get complacent. Maybe I should take back what I said partly. None of us are doing all we can. I'm not doing all I can. I need to do far, far more, far more. And if I ever think I'm doing all I can, well, then I've lost it. You know, I'm going back. I'm backslidden. You know, you know, I'm proud. And, and, you know, pride go before the fall. You know, that's one thing God does not like. Um, and I'm not talking about our own endeavors. You are supporting us more than we need, okay? You are doing plenty for us. Don't forget about us. Please forget about us. Yeah, continue to support us at the level we're at. Fine. That's enough. But let's not forget about the rest of the world and the other places that we have not yet reached. Amen? And let's not forget about other missionaries who need supply and support. Let's consider them. That's what I'm talking about now. I'm not talking about our supply. We, you are giving us our supply already. Thank you. And we're here to say thank you. Moksuko. Moksuko, which is in Bajo. Thank you. Or Salamat in Filipino. Amen. Salamat from the depths of our heart. Moksuko from the depths of our heart. Thank you. Gurmata good in Irish. I'm not sure what it is in Welsh. Gracias, senor and senorita in Spanish. You know? Etc. 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 What can I say? 
You are giving us what we need. Don't worry about us whatsoever. You are already doing your part. Amen? Okay? I'm not talking about us at all. Please. But I'm talking about the other places we haven't gone yet. The other people we have not yet reached yet. As long as we keep going forward, we are in God's perfect will. We are, as long as we are doing all we can now, then we are completely filling God's great commission. But if we ever get to a place where we're not doing all we can now, then we've already gone back. Gone back. You know, was Paul, did he not say in a few places, in one place I remember, Demas has forsaken us. Now, I'm not saying that was, that's not made up in the context. But what I'm saying is the point is that he went back in some way in his spiritual life. That's what I'm saying. That's the point I'm making. You know? And we must never go back. We must never look back. Jesus said, no man having pulled his hands to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Never look back. You know, even in the principle of athletics, and our good friend here, Malcolm, well knows this. He's a runner, isn't he? Previously, right? Principle of willing is you, you're willing to, if you're going for victory, you never look back, ever. That's a big mistake. One thing you'll learn, don't look back. Because when you look back, it does a couple of things. Number one, it slows you down. Number two, it takes you off where you're supposed to be going. You're going forward. You're pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. You're striving. You're giving everything you can. With that endeavor, you never look back. And three, it shows the pursuing enemy that you are tired, you are weak, you are vulnerable. Okay? Never look back. Never go back. Never slow down. And even if you look, feel, look and feel weak, don't let the enemy know it. Okay? Because they're, 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 he's, he's roaming about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But never forget that we have one much greater than he is. So don't fear him. Amen? And so that was it. That was the need to launch out further and deeper than ever before. And we saw that's exactly what Peter did. He did launch out. Amen. He did not hesitate. He did, though, he didn't do everything exactly what Peter, that, what, what God, what Jesus had said to him. Jesus had said to him, launch out of the deep and let down your nets for a draught of fish. Jesus was promising a great massive catch beyond his wildest imagination or, or conceivability. Promising him that. And he said, you're going to need your nets for this because beyond your wildest imaginations or, 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 imaginations or conceivability, you are going to need more than one net. You are going to need all your nets at your disposal and you are going to need all hands on deck. All hands on deck. Battle Free Baptist Church. All hands on deck. As a skipper, Pastor Larry Curtis calls us to. All hands on deck. And at thy word, let down your nets for a draw to fish. 
at the place indicated by Jesus. This is the place indicated by Jesus. Here, right here, at Bethel Free Baptist Church. This is the place, the community of Birmingham, to let down your nets for a draught of fish. This is the place at my command. But it must be all hands on deck, everybody with his net, ready to let down his net for a draught of fish at any moment, at any time, at any place in this community or in this world that you would go or that you would send. All hands on deck, get ready to let your net down. Get ready to share the word of God, the gospel, because of the power, power of the gospel. The gospel is powerful. You think it's not powerful? It's massively powerful. Nothing more powerful than the Word of God. Peter said, Lord, we've been fishing all night, and we caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Or maybe I'm not a Greek scholar, and I just, it just seems to me, if I know the English language a little bit slightly well, is that he only let down one net. And what happens if... if, if if the net breaks, which it says it broke here, it means that some fish escaped. Some fish were lost to that catch. Yet they caught a massive load. They filled two boatloads, you know? And they managed to get that, that catch to the shoreline. And it was a mighty, massive catch and a great thing. But one, one, I cannot cease to wonder what could have been even more so. You know, I cannot cease... You might think sometimes to yourself, oh, look at the mighty things that God's doing in this church or in that church in this place. But we are too small-minded, far too small-minded. We should never be satisfied. We should always be thinking much bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more and more souls for Jesus Christ. Amen. Never be satisfied. Never say never. Never, never stop. Never keep going out, preaching the word of God. Never keep casting, never, never, never let down your net. Never, sorry, never withhold your net. Never withhold the word of God from every soul and sinner that you could possibly find. Never let go of Jesus' words and promises. And lastly, number one, the need for the gospel. Great need. The multitudes are dying for lack of it eternally. The need for a better pulpit. The need to occupy old and new pulpits. The need to push out the gospel into this community and others. The need to launch out into new frontiers. This is an old frontier. Don't forget about me. I'm not talking about my frontier. I'm talking about other new frontiers. New frontiers, new lands, new places, new peoples, new nations. For there shall stand a great number of every nation of creed and color. Amen. Which were, which gave their lives in their blood. We're seeing some of that today in the Middle East already. Giving their lives. Because they named the name of Christ. Lastly, and most of all, and most importantly of all, in verses, um, verses 8, 
When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draw to the fish which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were parted with them, parted with Simon. And Jesus said unto him, unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. They need to forsake all and follow Jesus. Forget about it all. It doesn't make any difference. Forget about it, the world. Forget about your working witches. Forget about fame. Forget about anything you might possibly gain in this world. Forget about it. It's worth nothing, okay? The need to surrender all for the gospel's sake. I surrender all. All to thee, my precious Savior. I surrender all. I can just tell you, I testify to you, it's worth it. It's more than worth it. Oh, it's more than worth it for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of these aspirations of the gospel. It's worth it. My prayer is that we'll all forsake all to follow Jesus to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm.